This episode is brought to you by my go-to meal prep company, Flex Pro Meals. I love Flex Pro because it tastes great, first and foremost, but also the ordering page makes it easy and has all the macro and nutritional info listed out for you for every single meal. There are 35 macro-balanced options starting at just $4.19, and they have next-day delivery to all 50 U.S. states. High-protein, low-carb, keto, gluten-free, you name it, they got it. You can use code CPRICE for 40% off your first order for a limited time. That's 40%. That's huge. So check them out, Flex Pro Meals. Welcome visionaries, dreamers, and trailblazers to the Casually Ambitious Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Price, and I am thrilled to embark on this journey with you. Here, we dive deep into the realms of wellness, entrepreneurship, and mindset. Let's build a life we love while loving the life we live. The adventure to a more mindful, purposeful, and casually ambitious life starts now. I saw that I saw that you were that you've been pushing their stuff, which is dope. There, dude, it's, it's amazing. It's my little magic bullet I take before every (laughs) podcast, like during every workout. Now I pop one. I freaking love it. Mm, mm. Well, cheers, bro. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I already ripped mine or I'd, I'd rip it with you. But, Mm -hmm. um, a a man that needs no intro, really. Uh, we got the modern primal Joe fair. Is it fair? Is that how you say your last name? Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Cool brother. Well, welcome to the pod. I appreciate you coming on. And I have to start the pod by just talking about how Zach found you. He just showed me the video, which I was not aware of, but he was like, dude, it's pinned. It's the number one video on his profile. Just go to it. He's like, absolutely yakking on the vid. Zach, would you care to explain? Dude, I don't know when I found you. I just know that was the video, which is the funniest thing to me because there's so much other content that you put out, but we just watched it while we were waiting for you to join your, your 18 miler, which I'll let you explain here in a minute, but your 18 miler, I think you, you know, had an upset stomach from gels or whatever you were doing. Um, it's quite, quite a scene I'll say. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, man. I'm, I'm glad that's how you found me. I think that's how a few hundred other thousand people have found me as well. That thing's been going nuclear on Instagram and TikTok. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a video where I was in my marathon prep. So you guys know that I just ran the uh, tunnel marathon, same course that Chase dominated. Um, I had a good fight out there too. It was it was fun. But uh, yeah, it was an 18 mile run. Um, I, I you know that feeling when you when you're about to throw up, where I can't even explain it. But if you know, you know, right? Like so. Yeah. I got that feeling. I flipped my camera around immediately. It's about to happen. And then I started yakking. And then I was kind of skeptical about including it in the video. But um, yeah, I was like, dude, you know what? This is going to be awesome. I, I actually kind of knew. I was like, I bet people are going to love this. So yeah, it's I posted go off. it. The best part was like two seconds later, you're like mile 15, nine minute pace. <laughs> <laughs> right, right back, right into, back into it. it. Bro, bro, that's how you got to do it. I was like, I was shooting after this almost unimaginable goal, right? Like there was nothing tangible about this goal I had. This was my first race that I had truly tried to prepare for. So I just felt like I had a, a chip on my shoulder. I felt like I had a lot to prove. And I, I last thing I wanted to do was, uh, you know, back out of any workouts. So I, I threw up laid on the ground for a few minutes and then got right back after it. <laughs> I was surprised that Instagram didn't take it down or something, <laughs> honestly. I was thinking that. I'm still hoping, yo. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's at 2 million now. I'll probably just still doing numbers for you. Um, I, I wanted to get to the race later, but let's just say, fuck it. Let's okay. start with it since we're already on it. So you had a sub three attempt. I guess it was maybe two weeks ago or a week ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you got pretty damn close, dude. You got around, I, th- I guess, like 310 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I clocked a 310. Honestly, I haven't even looked up the race results online. So it, it, I'm sure it's right around there. I, I waited till after I finished. But yeah, man, this this goal was, was, was an incredible one to have. And it taught me so much. And dude, congrats, by the way, on your finish. I think you, you got like a 244, right? 244 yes sir Dude, that's insane that's insane and and running that course which i believe is deceivingly difficult like yeah dude it's it's a trail run you know i'm it, it really is so 
I didn't really know what to expect, but it was everything that it was supposed to be, man. It was perfect. It was perfect because I dealt with so much adversity during that race. Like I wouldn't want my first 26 to be anything else because now I know like what it feels like. It's like everything clicks once you finish. You're just like, oh, I know what I did right in training. I know what I did wrong in training. I know what I got to go tweak. And it's like, I feel like I've got some good stuff working right now and I know exactly what I have to do. So it's, you just had to get the taste, you know. I would have loved to to qualify for Boston my first marathon. Like, who wouldn't, you know? I mean, that's 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 a pretty large goal. And and I never saw myself having that goal. I was never really a runner. I mean, I ran track in high school my junior year. I didn't run track my senior year. Um, I was a four hundred guy. Uh, when I first started this marathon prep, I mean, I could barely run like 12 miles without, you know, dying. So the growth was absurd within a year. I mean, within a year, I ran a half marathon exactly a year before the race, literally on the same day. I ran a half marathon and I finished like a 141, which is like a 747 pace or something. And I, I gave it my all. And so to go from that to a 310, like I'm really proud of myself and knowing that I had more when I crossed that finish line that like I knew like, I know I have it in me. Like, that's that's the best part. I just, you know, time to stack the brakes again and, and put the work in. Uh, also, heading into the race, I I already knew everything I needed to know, truthfully. Yeah. the, the It was about the journey. It was never about the sub three. Like, that was the hardest physical feat I've ever done in my life. And even mentally, it was so difficult. It was so difficult because, you know, three, four weeks out, man, those workouts are just so hard. They really are. I don't care who you are because if you're shooting for a goal that's really freaking hard, then the workouts are going to be really freaking hard. Um, and and man, it, I just I can't be more grateful for that experience. It it's one of the best things to ever happen to me. And you're not a small dude. Like you're you're a big boy trying to push a three uh, a sub three is like quite a feat. So to even come that close. And I didn't realize that was your first one ever. So incredible props to you, man. That was a very technically challenging course, although it's obviously catering to folks who are trying to BQ, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things, especially for your first one, that like come at you. The terrain's tough. The tunnel kind of, you know, it's unlike anything you've probably ever trained in. And there's just a lot of factors at play that it don't Mm -hmm. lend themselves well to uh, a beginner as far as a marathon goes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I would like to also say that the reason that I didn't hit a sub three was nothing that happened on race day. It was because I just didn't stack the bricks the right way. It was my first time. And like, I had an amazing coach, Mark Pinales here in Austin. He's, he's really, really fast. He's an amazing coach. Um, but yeah, some, some things just have to be taught through experience and just trial and error. And I think that running a marathon is one of those, you know, um, and yeah, man, the, the, the trail run. And, and so, yeah, I wanted to say that it, it started in the training, right? Like I could have done more strength training. I think mm-hmm. that's where I really lacked. That's where I really lacked because the workouts were so hard that I felt like I couldn't do it. And so I would just make excuses like, oh, I can't hit like these hard, heavy leg workouts today because I just ran a half marathon this morning at a freaking 645 pace. Like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> I deserve, you know, a, a night off or something. And then that turns into another one and another one and another one. And so I think if I would have just been more on the strength training, probably was under eating a shit ton. Like, I, I, you know, how can I not keep aesthetics in mind when I'm going through this? Like, not that it's hard to like put on weight or anything, but I just, I've never had to train like an endurance athlete before. And Uh I've always, you know, I I, I found animal base not too long ago and I was on that and eating that way. It's just a little bit more difficult at first to like, try to like bring more carbohydrates into the diet, especially like for marathon training. So just learning how to, you know, tweak all that stuff along the way. Um, Overall, it made me a fundamentally more strong human. So I can't complain, but yeah, the course was, the course was deceivingly hard. It was dirt and it was a downhill, but man, it, it, it just, there's no denying that that course, it's not easy, but it's not like, you know, obviously people go there to BQ, but I think you gotta, you gotta be careful. 
Um, and that tunnel, man, is no joke. I twisted my ankle so bad on mile two inside of that tunnel. I, I was literally screaming. I almost quit the freaking race because I, I rolled on it so hard that I, I couldn't feel my foot. And so what happened ultimately later on in the race, mile 16, which I felt great at mile 16. I think halfway through, I was at like a 128. So I was two minutes ahead. I thought I was going to even turn it up more and, and, and just absolutely crush the end. Um, and then mile 16, right after the very first uh, checkpoint, you know, where, where your family can say hi. Yep. Uh, like 10 strides after that, I felt my hamstring basically like go up into my glute in the same leg. So the last eight miles was just sprinting at like a six minute pace. And then my hamstring would pull again and I would grab it and have to walk for mm -hmm. like two minutes and then back and forth and back and forth. And I ended up finishing those miles actually pretty fast, but you know, that's, that's what happened. And I, I just, I missed it. And there are things I could have done to prepare, but that's dude, it, it happened that way for a reason. So that now I know I touched the stove. I know it's hot. I'm not going to touch it again. I'm going to do it the right way. Like that's all. That's all you could do, man. And and as you said, it's your first one and you had so much to learn. And, and that's the beautiful part about it is like, yeah, the race is great, but it's everything that led up to the race that you're really after because the training, man, like we've talked about this, those track days when you're out of breath in the heat, all these things leading up to it. It's like, it really fundamentally changes you as a person. It makes you like mentally so much stronger. So kudos to you for even attempting that at your first one. It's, it's phenomenal feat. So good Thanks, shit. Bro. And, and I, I do want to transition here a little bit into, so I, I, I know you, we just DM'd a couple times, but I, I don't know necessarily your backstory. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, one, kind of your come up and, and two, this name Modern Primal, like where the hell did that come from? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So dude, this journey has been, it's, it's fairly new to me, truthfully, even just social media being, you know, hybrid style athlete um, running in general. So <laughs> Basically, I grew up here in Austin, Texas. That's where I'm at now. I grew up here in Austin, Texas, and uh, my parents got divorced when I was a junior in high school. So I moved high schools uh, to a new high school when I was a senior and basically had a really rough time. My parents were both kind of going through it. I was with my mother at the time. Um, anyways, you know, parents having to deal with their own stuff. And so basically, I graduate high school. I don't have a plan. Um, you know, I didn't think that I could afford college at the time. My parents just weren't in a position to help me out. Um, I was scared to like try to get a loan. I just didn't really have any help, you know, when I graduated high school and I didn't, I was a low achiever in high school too. So I didn't, I didn't really have any scholarships or, or any passions even, you know, I was just kind of wondering <laughs> through life, you know, I was, I was a kid. Um, and so I graduated high school felt like I had no other choice. So I joined the Navy. Uh, and then I, I enlisted in the Navy. It took me about 10 months after that to like finally join. And so I just worked odd jobs until I left, you know, I worked at like an AC place for a summer. And then I worked at a sandwich shop. And I was just really broke. I didn't have a car. I was walking to work every day, like, just ready to get out of here. You know, I was like, I want a fresh start. And so I joined the Navy um, and I enlisted for six years and it was probably the best decision I ever made. I mean, coming from Texas or, or any state for that fact, like you're only really exposed to like the type of people that you grow up with really, unless you do like a lot of traveling or, 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 or something like that. And so being in the Navy, I was introduced to all these different walks of life, all these new people from all around the country and even the world. And it was just really cool. I created like some awesome bonds and, and brotherhoods. And I still have a lot of those today. I went through a lot of adversity in the Navy as well. It was just constantly out to sea. Um, I was on a, I was on a ship. So we were just like a few days in port, then a few weeks out to sea, then a few days in port, a few weeks out to sea, and then like six months deployment, then you're back, you know, and it's, it's just really long hours. And, um, you know, but it was awesome. It was awesome. Right. Cause if you have awesome people to go through that with, you know, any, anything can be good with, with an awesome tribe, I suppose. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I knew that that's not what I wanted to do. I knew that there were bigger fish to fry. Uh, there was more out there for me. I wasn't quite finding it in the military. I was, again, another area of my life where I was a pretty low achiever. You know, not really putting much into it, just kind of skating by for the most part. Um, and so I got out of the Navy. I moved back to Austin. And I really decided to take control of my health then. And this was like, oh, when was this? This was November of 2021. So this was not too long ago, honestly. Um, and, and I always like worked out like I'm not like this is years and years and years of working out. But I mean, like really taking control of my health. Um, I stumbled upon people like Paul Saladino and others. This was kind of when Animal Base was like first like becoming really popular and I tried it and it was amazing. I got super shredded. I was the healthiest I had ever been. Um, you know, crushing it. And so now I, I eat more so like paleo, I would say, um, you know, whole foods, I think is the answer. I think there's more efficient ways to get protein, obviously animal foods, in my opinion. But you know, do what you want. As long as we're eating whole foods, for the most part, I think that we can all agree that that's probably the healthiest way to live. And so yeah, I took control of my health. Um, I started to run and I started to document my journey. Um, I was working a night shift job when I got out of the military. So I, I, I picked up a job here in Texas, here in Austin, working the night shift, 12 hour night shifts, four days a week. Absolutely horrible. I mean, it it's not that bad. Like if you're listening to this, like, you know, if you know, um, but working at the night, switching up your circadian rhythm, it's just whack, man. You're asleep while everybody is awake. You're awake while everybody is asleep. Uh, it's hard to to maintain and build relationships. I was just kind of working this shitty job, living paycheck to paycheck, um, just not happy, not happy at all. And I was just thinking, what is, how can I become happy? Like, you know, like let's break it down. Like, there's an answer to everything. Like, we, you know, anything's possible. Like, whatever. Um, and it, it all came down to the fact that like I didn't have a way out because I didn't have any skills or or, or really anything that I could monetize. And so I saw what taking control of my health did for me. I was, I, I was pretty active on my Instagram stories, you know, when I first started and, I, and my audience was pretty engaged. I had like 1200 followers. Um, and so I just decided to start posting, man. I'm like, yo, I, I, I met Matt Choi. I met some other people here in Austin that were doing it. And it's like, once you see people actually doing it, it's like, oh, I can do this too. Like, why not? Why not? Why not? Everybody's just a person. It's just, it all comes down to who's taking action and who's not and like whatever they want to do. It's that ultimate responsibility mentality. It's like, nothing's going to change unless I change it. Like you have to be the hero of your own journey, man. Um, but yeah, so I started posting content. It started at like once a week. I had you know, little engagement. Once I started posting content, my engagement actually got worse, I think, because people thought it was cringy, maybe, or, uh, you know, I didn't, I really didn't, you know, shout out to all my supporters from day one, there's a few of you, but it hasn't been a very embracing journey, you know, like not many people have have have, have shown that much love, to, to tell you the truth that you would think. And, um, so I started posting content, long story short, I started posting content and then I kind of saw that it was working. I got to like 4,000 followers and then just over time, um, once I started posting every day, that's when everything changed. I truly believe that if you want to grow a social media, you just have to be posting every day. You have to like, unfortunately, like for the algorithm, I think you have to post every day. And obviously there's, there's, there's not a one size fits all answer. But uh, I think it's just really important because it's like you're just giving even multiple times per day. It's like the more chances to essentially go viral, the more chances to get more people to like see your personal brand or like see the product you're selling or see the service that you're selling or see the value that you're giving. Whatever that you're trying to preach on social media is just why not have more at bats? Um, 
And so I developed that mindset. I started posting every day. It, it, it yielded results. Um, I got better over time, obviously, with my content. Like, you can go back and look at some of my earlier videos. Like, I didn't even know how to make clips. So, like, at first, I was just posting my full workouts on video, on, with, with music, like, not even clipping it because I didn't know how. And uh, I was hanging out with Matt Choi, actually, and he was like, bro, you don't have an editing app? And I was like, no. He was like, dude, download CapCut right now. And I was like... <laughs> Are you sure? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. And so that's when I started editing my videos, like for real. And that's what I still use right now. Like I have Adobe Premiere Pro downloaded, but man, it's hard. It's hard for me to learn. Like I'm, I'm a CapCut wizard now, just because yeah. I use it every day. I have for an entire year, and so I'm pretty nasty. We should talk about editing skills sometime, man. I would love to. I would love to learn from some of you guys. Let's see what y'all are doing over there. Um, but yeah. So this, and dude, this was like, when I started posting every day, this was like September of last year. So it wasn't too long ago. And then it slowed, you know, around that time when I started posting every day, I had like five, 6,000 followers. And then, you know, a few videos hit a million or you just kind of start getting some traction. I think obviously all that stuff helps. Um, but yeah, I don't, and I also want to say that I don't necessarily think that a large following equates to a successful business in any way. I've seen people with lower follower counts, you know, like below 10,000 that make a lot of money from selling, you know, from, from a, from a business standpoint. And that's because just giving you a lot of followers doesn't make you a good salesman or giving you a lot of followers doesn't you know, make you a good affiliate for a company or, or, or make good ads necessarily. So, um, you know, as authentic and genuine as I want my content to be, like you have to be, you know, as a creator, you have to think about metrics like that as well in order for you to keep moving forward and be able to like, you know, maybe do it full time or like reach more people. Um, so... Yeah, man, the journey's led me here. I, I, I'm I'm feeling really good, like in, in life right now. To tell you the truth, um, it's just when things start clicking and you learn how to use like manifestation, almost like a superpower. It's just you're like this unstoppable force because it's almost like just creating a bunch of momentum, you know. Um, and I've really learned how to start wielding my words and, and using them to my advantage, I think, in my thoughts and, and just energy, bro. So, so yeah, that's, that's my story, man. <laughs> long story, kind of long, uh, not even short. <laughs> I, I love it. It's, it's funny because we were talking about this social media thing yesterday and there's just one common theme is like, once you start taking it seriously, like, Yesterday, we were talking about taking it like a part-time job, right? Until you consider it like a part-time job, you're just going to float. Like you're, mm -hmm. you're going to have some success here and there. But once you take it seriously and you say like, okay, I'm committing this much time per week to this, yeah. I'm going to post, you know, at least five to six times a week. I mean, I was mm -hmm. the same way with you, dude, like the first six months straight decline because I had built my, my small following elsewhere with travel content. And mm. I started posting fitness and everybody's like, what is this? This isn't what we want. You know what I'm saying? So it was like that slow decline. And then I plateaued and then I started to see the slow progress. And then you find out like little hacks here and there, you find out what the people really resonate with you and what kind mm. of goes off every once in a while. So as long as you're attentive to it and you're consistent with it, man, it's like, so it, it's so much fun because you're just yeah. testing and experimenting and you're seeing what hits and what doesn't and then taking at bats and like you again it's a similar to the marathon where it's like you're learning a lot about yourself in this process too because you're learning to let go one of like people's opinion and saying fuck it i'm gonna press the red button and, and press the record button and press the post button and not worry about mm -hmm. anybody else because this means something to me. Like, this is important to me. It's going to resonate with somebody else. Right. So that was one thing that, um, took me a, a long time to get. Uh, but once you, you figure it out and you get beyond that, it's like a really, really powerful feeling. I love it, man. I love that. Yeah. I, I, I definitely resonate with that message. Um, it's important to, to just do it for you, do it for you. And if it's not genuine and if it's not authentic, and if it's not for you, it's not going to be sustainable, right? Because right. 
how could you do something every day that's not? Um, and, and I love what you said about like treating it like your part-time job. Like I'll, I'll even take you a step further. Once I started treating it like my full-time job, that's when it became my full-time job. I closed on how, my house. How long has that been that yeah, you've been doing it full-time? Since last November. So, so I, whenever I started to really believe in myself, I'm like, Oh, this can, this can work. I started a coaching business. Um, and this was, I started my business in like, August and it didn't do very well when I first started. I had a few clients, shout out to you guys. I was giving them an A1 service for like no money at all, by the way. Um, Cause that's what you gotta do when you first start, right? Um, and yeah, so I bought a house and the day I closed on my house, I quit my job. The day I closed, cause I was like, I don't need this for the loan anymore. Like see you fucking later. I'm going to go try. I'm at least going to try. If I fail, I can just get another fucking job doing the same yep. thing for more money. Like if you quit your job and go work somewhere else, like you'll get a raise, you know, if you've put in your two weeks and do it respectfully. Um, so I was like, there's literally nothing like it's like two months. Like if, if times get that hard, I'll just get another job. Like I'm okay. I'm okay. And obviously it was like way harder than that. Like it was so hard, man. It was, it was the scariest thing I've ever done, but it's like the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. It's you're not going to make any money playing two dollar hands. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I said, fuck it back up against the wall, sink or swim. And dude, I swear to God, once I opened that space, my coaching business absolutely flourished. Like and today it's it just gets better and better every month. Um, even social media, making money from social media is very possible. Um, I'm working with a lot of great companies, you know, that have awesome pay structure. I think as you, you know, grow as a creator and you want to make it a full-time job, that's, you know, you have to believe that you're worth, you know, whatever type of money you want to get paid. So if you believe that you're worth, you know, like a, a little bit of commission, uh, for, for, or, or whatever, you know, and it's not that lucrative, then that's fine. But if you believe you're worth a, a certain dollar amount or a price point, then you need to have the courage and the confidence to, express that to companies and i mean people don't watch commercials anymore people don't people barely watch their tv unless it's netflix like nobody has cable tv all of these companies are pouring everything into social media advertisements so like the money is out there and you got to have that abundance mindset like you know we can all win we can all win and so that's something that's kind of fairly new to me honestly like i just started to really explore, you know, partnerships with, with, with brands a few months ago. And it's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. Like I would love to honestly potentially get to a point where that outweighs coaching. I mean, that would, that would be fantastic because although being a coach is incredibly rewarding and, and I know like I always have my hand in there somewhere, I always have like a few high ticket clients probably. Um, I mean, it's still a lot of hard work, right? Like the goal is to, is to, is to really just you know, get paid to just love what you to, to do what you love. And if you're creating authentic and genuine content, then you're just creating content of you doing what you love, if that's what you're doing. So that's kind of, you know, part of the goal. And I think it's attainable. I think it's attainable. When you're talking about brands, I'm curious, what's your strategy? Like, are you reaching out to these brands and saying, Hey, I love your product, let's work together? Or is it them reaching out to you? Yeah. How does that look? Yeah, so a little bit of both, to tell you the truth. I if I want to work with a brand and they haven't reached out to me already, I just send them a DM to their Instagram. That's the best way. I say, hey, I really love your product. Um, like I've been a fan since like day one, or like, you know, whatever the circumstances, um, and, and you know, be honest. And if it's a product you really love, then you know, you have nothing to worry about. Um is there a good point of contact for, you know, paid partnerships like who, who who runs your paid partnerships or can I have a, a point of contact and they'll, they'll send you an email 10 out of 10 times so and then you just kind of you know either have a media packet or just state your terms in the email like it's just you got to treat it like a business uh deal that's it that's what it is like here boom here's what I provide here are my deliverables here's what I expect in return what are your thoughts hit me with a counter offer if you like you know whatever you want to say um but yeah, that's, that's kind of the approach I take. And a lot of times brands will reach out to me. 
um, you know, very often. And, and at first it never happened. And I had to fight tooth and nail to like, just get into like ambassador programs and stuff. Like I remember BPN was my very first one. I was, when I got my letter that I had been accepted to be a BPN ambassador, I was over the moon, bro. Like I had like 4,000 followers, you know what I'm saying? So like, there's been a lot of growth, um, to, to this point, but, um, yeah, I mean, even back then though, I would still reach out and they'd be like, Oh, like, maybe we'll send you a free product. And like, even then, like, that's badass. I was like, hell yes. Like, thank you. And I would rep them, like, you know, make them my, my best content that I could make at that time to make ads for them. So, and, and, and I would call them ads, you know, and I wouldn't even be getting paid. I'm like, yeah, I got to make like Kane footwear an ad, you know, before I, I did have a paid partnership with Kane after that, you know, but I was, I was making them ads for free just because I wanted to like be known as somebody who makes ads for brands like hey i'll help you build your brand essentially and over time that has transitioned to a reality was there a threshold that where where you got to with your audience that brand started taking you a whole lot more serious that you noticed or not really um i would say it definitely doesn't hurt to have more followers um the thing for me personally i would say Brands started taking me a little bit more seriously once I hit that 10K mark, because that's when like your messages start going to the top of like inboxes. And that's when your notifications appear over other people's like that's actually something in Instagram. Like if you have 10,000 followers or over, you are it's like you're a VIP notification on that person's page. Like that's right. That's how Instagram set up, essentially. Um and so, yeah, I would say that that definitely helped. Like my messages would always get buried in, in, in DMs and requests and stuff probably because I think being at that 10K mark does help out a little bit. Um, that being said, I know people, I know of people that make money, a lot of money on ads that don't have huge followings. It really, I mean, some of it depends on like who you have relationships with, you know, like at companies even, like I have no idea. Um, it really just depends. Um, but yeah, I think, I think anybody can do it. I think if you produce quality advertisements, then you're capable of doing it. It's similar to what we do in video production is like, if we want to work with a brand, let's say it's, it's Nike or somebody huge like that. We create spec work. Essentially we're creating a commercial, under our own budget, we're doing it pro bono, but we're trying to get their attention, right? So it's the same type concept, just working yeah. for free in order to grab that attention and hopefully like something comes out of it, right? Exactly. Yes, yes. Dude, 100%, 100%. I think that's a great tactic. Like if you're a creator even and you want to make, you you want to work with a brand, just make them some shit for shit for free. Make it really high quality. Make it to where they can't say no. Like hire yeah. a videographer. Like that's something that I did really early on is, I started working as a videographer for like professional style running videos. And I think that was also an advantage because I, I don't think that that's everything, but I mean, why not? Why not? Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's like these brands that, I mean, it just depends. It just depends. Cause you could just be a really personable person and just talking to a camera like this and make fire ads, you know, if you have like a handsome face and a likable personality, honestly, even like, and, and that's all relative too, because there's different people that like different things. Like anybody can be a creator and any, anybody can put their own genre or style or twist on it. Let's break down your brand. So let's say the mo modern primal brand. So you have coaching, you have, I think you have a product, which is the chewing gum. We'll get into that a little bit. And then yes. you have brand deals. Do you break it down like those three categories or how do you break it down for your own personal business? Yes. So the coaching business right now is like, that's how I'm making money. That's my main money maker. Um, so the coaching business, the, then the modern primal as an advertisement business as well. And then Modern Primal Provisions. So coaching and ads are under one LLC. And then I have another LLC for Modern Primal Provisions. I started that company with one of my buddies and his little brother. One of my buddies from high school and his little brother, who is now also one of my buddies. And they've uh, started a, another successful uh, brand already called Braxley. They have a, a Apple Watch band, right? And so they're really good with e-commerce. They're really good at you know, building brands, they've done it 
themselves. And so there's just a lot of synergy there for us to work together. I'm still new to business. I'm very naive to like building websites and brands and selling stuff and, and talking with warehouses. Like, you know, I, I just, I've never done that. That's not my strong suit. And um, so essentially, yeah, I partnered up with them. We're, we're coming forth with modern primal provisions and it's just, there's better alternatives out there that ties into the modern primal and why I started calling myself that. So essentially the modern primal is like, we are these modern humans that ha are super intelligent that have conquered, you know, this earth, like we're the most intelligent creatures here that we know of right now. Um, and we have all these awesome advances. So it's like, let, let's use them. Right. But I think humans are too modern, like all these products and even it, it, it comes down to like food products and like even personal care products, clothing, um, household products, like there's better alternatives that have been lost in all this modern stuff, honestly. And, and that's where the primal comes in, like what got us here in the first place. And I don't think that we should be radical and like only sleep on wood and you know, only eat raw organs on, um, <laughs> you know, like, like we're not, you don't have to be as radical as Paul Saladino or Liver King, like they're on a separate mission, right? Um, I think that it's important to like have a little bit of both. So that's where the modern primal comes into play. So um, yeah, and that's what modern primal provisions is after is providing a better alternative to the, a lot of this modern bullshit that's, that's out there. Like modern chewing gum is just straight plastic and chemicals. Most of it, there's, there's very little healthy chewing gum on the market. And the one that we've come out with, it's called chisel gum. It's an all natural tree sap from Greece. We had been chewing it, Braxton and I, we had been chewing it for like a year and we were like, yo, you know what? Nobody's really selling this over here. And so it was a really undersaturated market. Um, we, it really aligns with the modern primal mission. We're like, this. how did you find product. out about it in the first place? I heard about it on a Ben Greenfield podcast. So gotcha. I love Ben Greenfield. He's like a biohacker basically. Mm -hmm. um, and he has a podcast. I, I don't know if you guys have, have heard of him, but I've been listening to him for years. Uh, and so I heard about it through him. And I, I tried it out and, and he would always reference about how James Nestor, you know, would go on in this book called Breathe, Breathe by James Nestor. He would talk about how humans just, modern humans just don't chew enough hard things. Like ever since we're born, you know, we start on the milk and then it's to like soft applesauce and like baby food. And then all these modern um, products are all really, really soft. So uh, we don't work our jaws a lot. And that's very integral. And in just even just being a strong human, like there are studies that link human strength to jaw strength. Um, and, you know, similar to grip strength, like th th those are all important for, for humans to have. And, um, you know, we're, we're taking care of that. We're taking care of the modern chemical and plastic chewing gum. And, and, and also like James Nestor says in the book, breathe, um, when you strengthen your jaw and you work those muscles, you can actually dilate your nasal passageways to help you breathe better. And so another huge pandemic in, in today's society is that a lot of people can't breathe through their nose because we, we don't chew enough hard things in order to dilate those nasal passageways and work those muscles and create that structured jaw. And so, uh, you know, supposedly it's never too late to start, right? So, I think this is huge. I think a lot more people should pay attention to this. I think jaws are size hit, hit it with the message, but they missed with the plastic. I think this could solve a lot of things, man. I get in my flow state with it. And, and, and we actually created a code for your listeners. Um, so it's code hybrid for 10% off. If you want to chew on some chisel over at modernprimal.shop. Love it. We wanted to give Love that it. to you guys and I'll send you guys some after this um cool bro. but yeah man we're we're trying to make more products like that right so so stay tuned well, you, you have a hell of a jawline so something's doing <laughs> doing its job it's, it's working really well Thank love you, to see that uh, that's pretty cool and so i i was curious about um so the name in general did you so there's we've all heard of like liver king and some of these other more <laughs> aggressive folks like yeah you know they did a lot of things wrong but they also marketing wise did a lot of things right and mm. so you know labeling himself like liver king and you know the ancestral tenants and, and the primal and all this stuff did you mm -hmm. see that and think like that's a good way to differentiate myself at least with my name and just have something catchy that like kind of hits or how did that come about 
Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I wanted to re-identify. And at the time, so this is when it happened. I was, I, I had started my coaching business like in my mind, right? And I had like filed for the LLC. I just hadn't posted about it. And I was going to create a new Instagram to do for my coaching business. I was like, oh no, I want to have a personal and you know, like here's where I'll post all my fitness content or whatever. And so I was trying to come up with a name for it. And, and I was actually, it was funny. I was working my night shift job. I was with my buddy. We were on our work chat and like, I was like, dude, like I'm trying to come up with a, a name for my coaching business. And so we were just shooting ideas back at each other. And, um, yeah, I landed on modern primal, man, just because I, I was super into like animal based at the time and uh, like pr primal movements, honestly, like I started, uh, doing a lot of like mace flow and kettlebell movements and, and animal flow. And I was really into that. And, and I, but I didn't want to be like seen as like super radical, you know? So that's where I kind of like added the modern and I was like, well, this fits me really well because <laughs> I don't necessarily align with everything that Paul Saladino or Liver King says. Like, I, I really don't. And, and people think that I'm trying to, like, replicate their message is sometimes. And I'm, I'm really not. I mean, it's just little tidbits here and there. Like, some of the shit that they say is fire. Even Liver King with his ancestral tenants. Like, you can't tell me that those things aren't good to do. Like, all those. That's legit. That's legit. Like, um. So yeah. <laughs> Have you ever tried liver? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've eaten raw liver uh, a lot, honestly. I haven't really? eaten it recently within the last few months, but yeah, raw liver, raw testicle, um, other organs. I've done smoked heart. Like it's actually really good. I think raw liver tastes the worst out of all of them. I think raw testicle actually tastes pretty good. <laughs> and dude, the thing about raw testicle, so Yo, they say, legend has it that gladiators would eat a raw testicle before they would go hop in the Colosseum, bro, to like fight to the death. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's your most primal, most dominant form. You got to get that tea up off the testes. <laughs> got to try it, man. It tastes like sashimi. It's not bad. I've never had raw organs. Sushi, maybe, but never. Have you tried it, Chase? Any organs? No. No, absolutely not. Um, and I hadn't planned to until this conversation. And now I'm like, I got that warrior mentality, baby. It's going to give me a little something, something extra. I mean, mm -hmm. we're always looking for that 1%. So if I got an yeah. eatable testicle, let's talk about it. <laughs> raw is not for everybody. I obviously don't eat raw every day. I like to take it in the desiccated form. So you can do something like heart and soil or like there's a bunch of companies that have them, you know, do, whatever your choice is, but I think that it's powerful and it's a whole food supplement, right? Like back on that whole food message and, and, and with supplementation and everything, like I know I promote a lot of supplements, but at the end of the day, supplements aren't going to do shit unless you have that diet down. It, it's really not. And a lot of people look to that. Like I have people that will reach out to me and they're like, Oh, but what supplement should I take? I'm like, I'm like prescribing them like sunlight and movement and a healthy diet. And they're like, Such oh, well, a loaded question. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I'm like, well, I mean, supplements can help, but you got to fix the foundation, man. Like, I believe that you got to take control of your health and fitness through diet and exercise first. And then in order to optimize and become an optimal human, then you can use elite supplementation. But unless you have the other stuff taken care of, I don't even think it's worth it. Because you're just you're trying to build on a faulty foundation. As soon as the storm comes in, you're it all falls. Any anything else in the provision line that you're kind of queuing up or are you just focusing on the gum right now? <laughs> Dude, we actually are. We're we're queuing up a few products right now. Um I'm not I can't say them. I can't say them on air right now. We 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 could talk off air and I'll I'll fill you in, but Dude, we have we have like three, four products that we're that we're testing right now and, and, and considering putting on the market. I think that the world needs, you know, more alternatives. It's 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 like society thinks that stuff like that is so weird and it it rubs me the wrong way because all these societal norms are so ass backwards, man. I think the more that we can get people to become curious minded and ask questions and ask why, why am I eating this? Why am I using this? Why am I doing this? Like, and apply that to every area of your life, even relationships, like jobs. Like, 
I get it. I get it. I get it. Everything's relative, but guys, we are in control. We get to ask why and then make decisions. We get to choose every morning. We really do. So I, I encourage people to lean into that. I'm jealous of of your location. I feel like Austin is a perfect place to kind of experience all of this because you do have that wave of people that they're onto the new thing. They're they're uh, they're hip to you know some of these newer things that are coming out and they're at least willing to give it a try. I'm not going to say Charlotte is is a bad place for it, but mm-hmm. it's just not the same wave that Austin is. And it's, I feel like Austin's really the perfect place for you. How long have you been in Austin? And um, you probably don't plan on going anywhere, do you? Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Austin. I grew up in Austin. Um, and, and then I, I left for six years when I, when I was in the military. So I, I went to Virginia for a little bit. Then I was in San Diego. Um, and I, I came back for a reason, right? I mean, Austin really is, it's like the health Mecca right now. I feel like it's like the, the health Silicon Valley. Um, and, and everyone's, you know, moving here who, who's in the industry. I'm not going to speak in absolutes, but a lot of people are, and a lot of people are, are, are starting their journey here. And a lot of people are, are, are experiencing significant growth. It almost feels like, there's like a, a, a black hole kind of sucking in like really good energy and putting it here in Austin right now. So I don't see myself leaving within the next year. I will say that I've been itching to get out of this heat during the summertime. Um, dude, I would love to just like maybe travel during the summer if that's a reality like next year, maybe, hopefully. Um, it's really freaking hot, man. It's really hot. And I know it's hot everywhere. Um, which is crazy. It's just everywhere this year is it's really hot. I did a year in Austin though, and it the summers yeah. are crazy. Like Charlotte's hot. Like I think this week's like ninety five, ninety eight, whatever. But Austin summers are are brutal. It's brutal, man. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, dude, I have work to do here. We have work to do. Um, I'm still growing Modern Primal Provisions with with my two other friends that also live here. So. You know, I'm planted down for a little bit. I did just buy a house. Um, but, you know, I don't ever want to keep myself in a box in anything, man. I I want to be able to just do whatever is best for, for like me and, and, you know, whoever else is in my life that I need to make decisions for. So right now that's basically just me and my girlfriend. It kind of circles everything back is like you – took this leap in the beginning in order to create this freedom. And like, essentially you, you kind of have that now, like, obviously there's things still holding you to Austin, but like Mm. realistically you could go and I mean, maybe you snowbird in the opposite direction, like everybody else, you know, they're coming down South for the winter and you're going up North for for the (laughs) summer or something like that. But you've enabled, you know, you've created a life that has enabled that, which is fucking fantastic i think that's what everybody hopes to do is to kind of create that freedom so kudos to you man is there anything else kind of you're working on right now Um, obviously you have you know the modern provision stuff and a couple things coming out but um anything else i'd so i will bring up i know you already announced your next race so i'm (laughs) fucking stoked for you about that we have redemption run in is it december or january january in houston okay in houston baby bro i yeah, I had to like it was so funny, man, because during the prep and, and like right before the race, I'm telling my girlfriend, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm excited to like go into this new time of life. Like I'm not going to be waking up every morning for all these runs. Like I'm going to take some take some time off to heal like all this shit. Nope. And, bro, I, I felt <laughs> called to the next day after an alcoholic beverage to <laughs> no, honestly, bro. And I was just super hyped up and I was like. I'm getting my revenge in Houston. Like I, I know this is the one. And so I made that post, bro. And like, then the next morning I was like, Oh shit. Um, I, I did that. Hell yeah. All right. I guess we're jumping back into training here pretty soon. <laughs> I did the same I thing, man. It. I had already signed up for my next race before my last race. So immediately coming out, I'm like, I wish I had more time, dude. I wish I had more time to just chill a little bit, but Hey, we're not built like that. We got to keep it going. We got to keep something on the schedule. So I'm not upset about it. Just, just kind of keeps it rolling, you know, bro. Absolutely. I've got the itch, man, especially now that I have the, the, the tools, now that I have this, uh, this knowledge and awareness and I, I know what I have to do. Like it's, there's no question in my mind that I'm going to demolish this goal in January, bro. That's so much time. And I could have demolished it, you know, a month ago. Like I 
dude, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Part of me wants to like even go after a more ambitious goal, bro. Like, but I, I can't, you know, I got to talk with my coach. I know he, he's probably going to listen to this and, and get pissed off, but no, nah, well, <laughs> we're going to play it cool, man. And, and, and just give it our all, man. Five, six months is so much time. Like I've, I've proved that to myself with over this past year. So we'll just see, we'll see what's up, man. But I know sub three is in the bag. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, dude, that's my goal. Just continue to build my businesses, continue to push myself and just create this amazing version of myself that, you know, I feel confident can like take care of some humans one day. That's what I'm after, man. I just want to create this amazing version of myself. And I know I have a lot of work to do. I, I, you know, I've done a lot, but I have a lot of work to do. And I'm trying to create this life where I can be an engaged father and just, you know, um, that's really what I'm after. That's why I want to create freedom is so I can just do just live at like, be a stay at home dad, you know, with my stay at home wife that just we take care of our kids in this crazy world, bro. Like, I have to be the one to do it. I'm, I'm going to be there. So that's what I'm trying to create. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's too far off. No, certainly not too far off. And what I need to do is try to convince you to do a hundo one of these days with me. Maybe <laughs> down the road. Maybe maybe a year or two down the road. But Bro, we'll get, a, we'll get the sub three and then we'll today. talk about it. I was just talking about one today. I'm serious. I think after this marathon, I think I want to. I, I think I want to try to sign up for one. Because dude, go. it's like. The speed is what gets me, bro. I can go all day. I feel like yeah. speed work is what. But anyways, that's that's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We'll run this back this time next year and see where we're at. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. You got to stay naive and always shoot for those goals that are like overly ambitious, bro, because you're going to show up pretty close, you know, so. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap. Zach, you have anything else before we, we close this one out? No, Joe, man, appreciate you coming on. You radiate positivity, good vibes. You know, I'm excited to see what you do with modern provisions, with the next race, man. I'm, I'm excited for you. You're in a great spot. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you, brother. You were amazing. As he said, you do radiate positivity. I love it. I wasn't at all sure what we, we were going to expect coming on, but man, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for stopping by. Yeah, likewise. Zach, Chase, y'all are amazing, dude. Y'all are doing really cool things. I'm excited to see what y'all do and uh, let's keep moving forward. Yes, sir. We'll be testing out that gum and we'll give you a review real soon. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about that. That's right. Going to send some over. All right. All right, brother. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you. See you.